This is the Architecture and Innovation Podcast by Syraclad, featuring one-on-one interviews with designers, contractors, city managers, and civic leaders, as well as thought leaders committed to sustainability, innovation, and solutions that are attractive, affordable, and create healthy living environments. Our podcast illuminates the challenges, breakthroughs, and proven solutions brought to industries, organizations, and our communities. From the office and manufacturer of Syraclad in Redmond, Washington, and on location, this is the Architecture and Innovation Podcast. For our guest today, we're honored and excited to welcome Ann Coven, PhD, and Craig Applegate from the Mass Timber Institute at the University of Toronto, John H. Daniels Faculty of Architecture, Landscape, and Design. The Mass Timber Institute was first conceptualized when the Ontario Ministry of Natural Resources and Forestry approached Dr. Ann Coven and the University of Toronto and asked her and Professor Robert Wright to establish a Mass Timber Institute, which was launched in 2018. You can find them on the web at academic.daniels.utoronto.ca slash Mass Timber Institute. Anne and Craig, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. We're really honored. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, Tom. We, uh, we like to start off our show, and as I stated on our uh, digital green room, is um, Anne and Craig, you both have uh, you know, a, a quote or a mantra that really means and matters much to you. Anne, I'd love to hear, uh, we'll start with you, please. So what, what I think of in my, in my work, and it is, a, it is a bit of a mantra, is John um, uh, Muir's quote, that wilderness is a necessity. And I, I use that often when I think about the, the work that we do in forestry and with my forest conservation students at the University of Toronto. And I think about it often because, in my view, everything that has been progressive um, in forestry um, can really be traced back to environmental ideas and philosophy. And so I'm reminded often of, of, of those early people who recognized that forests had lots of values and uses. Love it. Craig. Well, Tom, when I, when I heard about this podcast, you said one of the things you'd like to start with is a, a motto or a quote. So I've got both a motto and a quote for you. Um, my, my motto is um, learn from the past, invent the future. And I think that inventing the future is very much what the Mass Timber Institute is about, um, and based on the science and understanding of the past. But in terms of um, quotes, I think there's a whole, there's so many wonderful quotes out there, but the one that has always resonated with me, and one of the reasons I'm an activist and care so much about Mass Timber and um, uh, repairing ecosystems is Margaret Mead's lovely quote that goes, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. And sometimes when I'm feeling like, oh dear, this is, there are just so many things that are going wrong, I think, you know what? Yes, but let's just keep moving forward. Uh, Tom, I would, I would follow up with that. Craig is our leadership chair at the Mass Timber Institute, and he's a very distinguished Canadian architect. And, and to, to sort of follow up on, on the Mead quote, one person can make a big difference. And Craig is making a, a big difference in the mass timber scene in Canada. I'm a forester, so I bring a very different 
perspective to the Mass Timber Institute than, than does Craig. I'm going to have, I'm going to have to always have Anne beside me when I do a, a, a podcast in future. Thank you very much. Um, you, you know, I think Anne and I were talking about um, why mass timber is so important and also why it's so topical right now. Um, and, and I think there's Tom four things that for me, and I think for Anne to stand out as being really, really compelling reasons why mass timber is important and why architects like myself are so intrigued by it and passionate about it. The first one is that it's a completely renewable building material. In other words, you can grow it sustainably. You can't grow steel and you can't grow concrete and you can't grow plastic. Um, but this is a wonderful, wonderful renewable material. And the embodied carbon um, in mass timber, by the way, embodied carbon means all of the CO2 that's produced in its harvesting, transportation, milling, fabrication, and construction, all that is somewhere in the order of 14 to 27% lower than steel or concrete. And depends on, on how it's calculated. But it is, it's a significant um, margin of, of um, uh, lower embodied carbon. The third thing um, is that it, it's a way to sequester carbon. It locks up, stores carbon for as long as the buildings are there and possibly longer as the materials are used for other things. So like, give you an example, one cubic meter, which is sort of like just a little bit more than one cubic yard in American, um, uh, of wood, locks up one metric ton of CO2. Think of that, like one ton of CO2 mm. locked up in that wood. And But the reason that I'm so attracted to it as an architect and as a human being is that it's so beautiful and so wonderful to work with. And it, it touches our souls. And, and, and not only souls in, in a metaphysical sense, but it, it causes us, our biophilic, reaction our brain reacts to it by releasing oxytocin and so mm. it, it's like a hug you know it's like it's like getting a massage it really it makes us feel better you walk into a mass timber building that you can see the wood and smell the wood and you just go ah it's just lovely so i mean it's got all these things going for it so it's as a result that it's 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 one of those wonderful things to work with terrific you know, I, I wanted to ask, Issa, this this morning, I think it going through our uh, how our show would be today, and and I thought, why did has had had mass timber been not recognized as much as it finally is? And maybe that's too broad of a question. No, I I think it's a very a very good question, Tom, and and I can start, and Craig will will say it say it better. But mass timber, the, the, the products of mass timber have really just come on the market in the last 15 to 20 years. And the product that is used um, most, most uh, typically that allows uh, mid-rise construction is cross-laminated timber. And that was invented in Austria and Germany about 20, 20 years ago. So that is very new. And, and I would just point out about how new it is 
with a few statistics. Um, there are only uh, in, in North America, there are only 12 companies operating 15 mass timber production facilities. That's all we've got. That's tiny. Seven of, of those are located in Canada. And when we look at how many buildings have been built from mass, mass timber, we've had about 400 in Canada. And that includes one-story buildings. We haven't even built any high-rises yet, but Craig has an amazing prototype. In the U.S., we've only built 460 mass timber buildings of any size. And there's a but in but they're projected to build over a thousand in the new near future. So as usual, the Americans always um, out outdo us in Canada. And obviously, one of our concerns is we ship you um, softwood lumber. The raw material of mass timber is softwood lumber, and we ship that to you. Um, uh, about half of the lumber you use in the United States comes from Canadian forests. And, and we're now concerned we're going to be buying um, expensive U.S. dollar mass timber products with our own lumber. Yes. And that's a typically Canadian situation that goes back to a great Canadian historian named Harold Innes, but we won't get into that. <laughs> so, so we have interesting export uh, context and history with the U.S. when it comes to wood. But I would just add, before before Craig fills in the details, that at the Institute, we are uh, committed to the principle that mass timber will only succeed if it is sustainable by way of sustainable forests. That is a non-negotiable um, condition that we see with mass timber. So the fact it's so nascent uh, gives us lots of time to plan for what might be a big demand, or I'll ask Craig what he thinks. I mean, it's it's very tiny today. Well, well, first of all, before I go there, um, and 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 just so your audience, Tom, has a sense of what the term CLT, cross laminated timber, mm -hmm. means, mm -hmm. um, it's sort of like large scale plywood. So what they do to make CLT is they take a. a two by fours or two by sixes and lay them down on a big um, floor area or press area. Um, and then they spray glue over that. And then perpendicular to that, they lay down more two by fours or two by sixes across that and then spray glue on it. And then perpendicular to that back and forth. So the, so all of the two by fours, two by sixes are perpendicular. So they, they have tensile strength in both directions. And they put that in a press squeeze it down and turn it into one solid uh, floor deck or, or wall deck. That's what CLT is. And it may be three layers, it may be seven, eight layers, depending on what it's being used for. So that is, that's the magic. That allows you to create floor systems and wall systems that you can use to construct buildings with. Before that, there was such a thing as posts and beams made out of glue lamb, which is, in other words, mm -hmm. gluing members together, but for posts and beams. But this CLT was what has really um, allowed mass timber buildings to become uh, a reality. And in terms of um, what's driving it right now, I think you're seeing a lot of um, interest because of the reality of, of what it will provide for structurally. But also the, the one I talked about in my four reasons, it, it uh, reduces the amount of carbon being emitted. 
and it stores carbon. So any architect or client that's interested in reducing CO2 emissions, and we're in a climate emergency, is going to be looking towards mass timbers, one of the possibilities. So I think a number of things have come together. One is climate. Um, one is the actual technology from Europe. Um, and then the, the other is that people like being in it. Like it's, it's, it's an attractiveness for developers, uh, residential developers, for example, love it because it, it attracts people. So I think that it's all coming together at once. This is outstanding. You're listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast presented by Syraclad. We're talking today with Ann Coven, PhD, and Craig Applegate, architect at University of Toronto. John H. Daniels, Faculty of Architecture, Landscape, and Design. For more information, feel free to visit them at academic.daniels.utoronto.ca. Anne and Craig, can you share with uh, your audience today some recent projects that you've done or are doing, if you're at liberty to share? Um, you don't have to, of course, say names, but uh, I'm sure your audience would love to hear you know, some fascinating projects. Well, and why don't you start? Okay. And then Craig. Craig's a principal in Dialogue, a, a very prominent Canadian architectural firm. And so he actually has his hands on designing with mass timber. At the Institute, we, we um, are endeavoring to generate more research and teaching around mass timber. So we don't build buildings, although obviously the Daniels faculty is, is about architecture and design. Um, but the kinds of projects we, we do, Tom, have to do with um, a, a prominent researcher of ours, Dr. Ted Kessick, uh, wrote the first mass timber, the first mass timber primer um, that was published last year. It's a, a very significant guide to uh, practitioners in the field. Um, we have studios at the Daniels School where we um, uh, have graduate uh, master architect students work on mass timber projects. Two, uh, two of those include uh, one last year that uh, a wonderful publication has just come from it called uh, From Forest to Factory Floor. And it was based on the students designed the first uh, cross-laminated timber manufacturing facility in Ontario, which opened last year. So it was, and it's called Element 5. It's located in St. Thomas. It's a very innovative organization. So that's how the students are introduced to mass, mass timber. And, and I don't know of any other faculty in North America that has both architecture and forest science under the same roof, but that is the case with, with the Daniels faculty. And we have interns working on different mass timber projects, uh, such as challenges for the construction industry to adapt, uh, forest policy across Canada. Um, um, we also have projects ongoing with our partner, the White Feather Forest uh, Initiative, which is um, uh, uh, Indigenous uh, First Nations in Northern Canada who believe that mass timber is more in sync with the values they want to see from the wood in their forest. Mm -hmm. So that's, those are some of the projects we, we, we work on um, at the Mass Timber Institute, but trying to also support 
a professional architect such as Craig in in wanting to use mass timber. So, so Tom, taking off my mass timber institute hat, I'm I'm a co-chair with that. That's my weekend job, and then uh, putting on my other hat as a as an architect practicing in Canada in Toronto. Um, I have two really, well, actually three really exciting mass timber projects on the go. Um, the first one is in construction right now, and this structure is now um, being raised. So we're about the fifth floor of six floors of mass timber, CLT, big, huge columns, mm. beams. It's so beautiful for Centennial College. Mm. It's a 132,000 square foot um, classroom and student center, indigenous, indigenously inspired. Uh, just a beautiful building, and I'm so looking forward in a in a half a year's time or so to to seeing it and walking through it when it's finished. Um, a little more theoretical, but trying to push the envelope of what mass timber can do. Uh, Dialog developed a prototype for 105-story mass timber tower, hybrid tower. And uh, in fact, um, you might have seen it. It won Fast Company's Most Innovative um, Idea Award last year, 2021. Uh, and it is comprised of the logic of saying all mass timber does not make for tall buildings because of the um, lack of ability to, to take compressive strength compared to steel and concrete. But 70% of a tall building um, is made up of the floor system. So we said, well, let's do floor systems in wood, CLT, ex exterior skeleton diagrid in steel, and concrete core, which is very typical in a tall building. But the floor systems, instead of being concrete and steel, will be wood. So we're able to basically swap out 70% of the materiality of that building for a CLT system, um, which was fantastic. It means you can have a tall building with CLT, lock up all that carbon, you use um, uh, renewable, sustainably harvested mass, mass timber produced as a result, reduce the carbon, lock up carbon, it's great. So that's, that's in the works of being a project someday as we move through the various testing of the floor plate and so forth. Um, and then another one I'm doing right now, which is another prototype, it's called the thousand year building prototype. And it's looking at mass timber as being a modular standardized element that can be used, taken, uh, installed, taken apart, reassembled, and so forth um, over time. So it, that's, that's very exciting. And again, mass timber lends itself to that kind of um, versatility. I, I would also follow up on what Craig has said. Wow. And I don't know if I sent you this article, Craig. It was from Construction Physics about cement. And, and at the Institute, as Craig has said, we believe in hybrid building, that you can't, you're never going to replace concrete, nor should you with wood. But this quote from, the, from construction physics, I thought really put it into perspective. Um, but assuming you could substitute all the world's concrete for an equal volume of wood, you'd need to more than triple the total annual volume of global wood harvested. Now, that, mm. uh, that doesn't uh, exist sustainably. And um, mm -hmm. it puts a somewhat different, uh, a different, um, a different spin on the issue, as as the authors say. Yeah, so, I, I think there's a sort of somewhat in in with some people that are so in love with mass timber, which I can well understand, a, a bit of a religiosity about purity. And I, I think the reality here is 
using systems that make sense economically. And I think right now hybrid mass timber um, systems um, are economical. Um, so all wood systems are less economical. They're more cost per square foot. Um, so I think that will come down over time as the um, manufacturing and logistics and supply chains are get a little smoother. Uh, but I think right now, all of those, and, and as, as a, uh, one of my podcast um, interviews, Jeff Smith said, like, look, the steel industry and the concrete industry, they're trying to reduce carbon too. This is not... This is not about good guys, bad guys. This is about everyone right now, everyone in the construction industry is trying to reduce carbon. And Mass Timber Institute is saying, well, this is, this is about all of us coming together to figure out how we do this. We're going we're gonna to push the science of Mass Timber forward, but we're going to partner with steel and concrete to help in any way we can to reduce that carbon. So I, I think this is not either or, it's, it's both and. Terrific. You're listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast by Sierra Clad. We're talking today with Ann Coven, PhD, and Craig Applegate, architect, and uh, they're from University of Toronto, John H. Daniels Faculty of Architecture, Landscape, and Design. For more information, feel free to visit them at their website, at least online, and that is academic.daniels.com dot utoronto dot ca slash mass timber institute and and craig you spoke of the uh, acknowledgement for uh, um, organizations that you support please share i'd love to hear and we'll start with you yes i uh, the canadian ecology center is the one i that comes to mind because i'm taking my class of uh, 22 master forest conservation students there for a winter field camp this Thursday through through Sunday, and they do great work um, um, helping those of us who live in big cities understand what forests are about, what forestry is about. And obviously, as a as a teacher at U of T, I'm I'm very uh, committed to to education. And one one aspect that we have found, um, Tom, is that. Um, People who live in cities have very different ideas about forests and wood than people who live in regional economies. So people who live in forests, such as northwestern United States, Oregon or Washington, or on the eastern seaboard in Maine or New Hampshire, they they have a different uh, sense of what the economy of wood is. And so when we talk about the ecological benefits or cautions, which which is sort of paramount for for Craig and, and the both of us, uh, we are also thinking about smaller communities across North America, where where forestry has quite a different meaning than than in urban areas. Yeah, Craig, please. Yeah, um, I I support a number of charities, but the one that's closest to my heart because I started as a biologist before I went into architecture um, and I was passionate about natural systems and ecology and, and marine biology and limnology and so forth is um, forest ecology and the importance right now of forest ecology um, as one of the really important tools we have in dealing with uh, CO2 emissions. 
they're the lungs of the world. And so I support a, um, uh, an organization called Community Forests International. And they have a base in um, Canada and in Zanzibar, uh, where they look at both um, uh, uh, southern forests, equatorial forests, and then the uh, forests that are in our, our climate here in Canada. So uh, they, they deal with communities and how communities can be um, restored, helped, benefit from forest management, and in improving the ecology of forests so that they can um, uh, better extract CO2 from the atmosphere. So th that's my, my pitch. Excellent. What do you, what would you say if, this is a broad question, but what has contributed to the tipping point and acceptance, acknowledgement, and now even reverence for mass timber in the last, say, two years? Me? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, I think that as, as Craig pointed out before, there has been this um, intense interest by architects. And so from an aesthetic and design point of view, uh, there are now materials that have, can be used for more innovative buildings and taller buildings than was the case in the past. And, and I think also, um, the part I talked about, regional economies, I think there has been some effort on the part of governments, more in the U.S. than in Canada, to, to try to look for sustainable uses of, of wood. So I think there has been a bit of government funding, and I think President Biden's infrastructure program is talking about uh, all kinds of funding that will be available for, for wood science and looking into innovative products such as mass timber. We don't have that same support in Canada for for university research that you do in the U.S. So I'm just putting in a little plug there for anyone in Canadian governments <laughs> listening to us. The federal and provincial governments have been very stingy yeah. in in supporting um, um, mass timber, and and also the forest industry itself has invested a little bit of money and I've never worked for the forest industry. So I'm a very, not the right person to speak on their behalf, but, but the industry has put in a little bit of money, but it is a very tiny piece of their, their business. Obviously um, much more of the forest industry has to do with selling softwood lumber and pulp and paper. Although in Canada, they have a, a diversified and are more, much more um, interested in moving into the bioeconomy. But mass timber is, uh, it's in the infancy stage, I would suggest. It's uh, farther ahead in Europe. The, the Finns have, have, have done a, a great job in promoting um, mass timber from their forests. Um, and in Canada, we have some really, a couple of really remarkable companies, such as Nordic in Montreal and Structure Lamb in British Columbia. Uh, element but, five in Ontario now. And I mentioned element five in Ontario. Uh, so we're we're starting, but but as it's always the case, I think uh, the US will gear up much faster than than we do. Um, in in downtown Toronto, we're putting up two uh, academic towers, one at the University of Toronto and one at George Brown College on the waterfront. And those I think will will also generate a lot of public interest in the possibilities of mass timber. They're called demonstration projects. And I'm glad to see the universities and the colleges 
taking on challenging new ideas. Well, terrific. In our uh, in our closing, I mean, we definitely have to have another show because this this could go on. And I'm, I'm fascinated by what it is you guys are, are doing and what can you continue to do. Is what would you like to add to our show or your show today that we may not have touched on that you feel is important, Craig? Well, I, I think Tom, Ann, and I have covered the, the the big points, but I think what we can say is that this is like. A tipping point that you pointed out and it's now starting to really roll. Um, I do not know any of my architectural peers that are not interested in working with mass timber. Um, I work in the institutional sector. I, I design colleges and universities. Um, every single one of my clients wants to do mass timber. Uh, all of my peers at Dialogue, they've all got clients in their areas that want to do mass timber. So this is and, and, and the reason for it is because, first of all, their clients want it, students want it, and it ticks all the boxes. It, it sucks CO2 out of the atmosphere through the trees. Um, it's less embodied carbon. It's beautiful to be in. It's you know got all these things going for it. So I, I think now that we've got, as Anne pointed out, um, an infrastructure that's coming together, both in the United States and Canada, and it's been there for a while in Europe, that... You've, you've got a good engine and it's starting to rev. So I think we're just going to see more and more of it in the future. Ann and Craig, thank you very much for being on the show. It's a real true honor. And uh, I hope you fo- you would consider coming on again because I think there's more to, more to discuss with this. It's, it's, it's fascinating. Thank you very Thanks, much. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, Tom. And we'd love to come back. I, I didn't get a chance to go into uh, forest sustainability, but but I would very much like to on that topic if you ever invited us back. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you very much again. Our guest today has been Ann Coven, PhD, and Craig Applegate, architect. They're at the, the Mass in Timber Institute at University of Toronto, John H. Daniels Faculty of Architecture, Landscape, and Design. For more information, feel free to visit academic.daniels.u toronto.ca forward slash mass timber institute you've been listening to the architecture and innovation podcast by syraclad the architecture and innovation podcast is recorded from the offices of syraclad incorporated in redmond washington and on location the executive producer and host of the show is yours truly tom dior thank you for listening